This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not quite perfect from Gino, but then there's some circumstances around him that prevented that, but it was pretty good. Yeah, it was another like, wow, he played that well and still could have been better type of game. Um, And again, like when he's imperfect, there's still a theme of like when he's moved off his spot in the in the pocket and he's made plays all all year where he has been moved and pressured in the pocket, but then all of his like, you know, oh, he missed an opportunity here and there. It's when he is moved in the pocket. So, like that, that further speaks to the potential of the offense because as the offensive line keeps getting better week to week with the occasional lapse, right? But as they keep getting better, that just means theoretically there should be fewer and fewer missed opportunities from Gino. Um, so, and then on the flip side, is that means he's getting the most out of what the pocket does give him most of the time, you know? Um, so it's just it's like if you're if you're going to be imperfect, be imperfect on those counts, because that means that the whole offense will go as, you know, the supporting cast goes, you know, um, and Gina will take advantage of it. So, yeah, it was um, it was still a really, really good game from him and everyone else for the most part. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the the pick was again, you watch the tape back okay he does play the ball with his off arm and you know there is that hook which i think probably should have been defensive pass interference but i I don't really have an issue with gino on that necessarily maybe a tiny bit late but then you have to throw it late because Lockett's turning to that side and he hadn't quite turned and just a weird kind of fluky play and yeah i i most of the stuff from Gino that I thought could have happened was the pass pro not quite holding up for him to hit the tertiary read that like when Gino's really on it, you know, obviously requires uh, excellent pass pro, but when Gino's really on it, it's when, yeah, he he hits the open like first and second stuff, but also he's given the platform and given the protection to then find, you know, his third or even fourth things. Right. 
Right. Um, and on the the, in, the interception to lock it, um, you can tell that that didn't deter him at all because then he hit another stick route to DK with identical spacing proximity to the defender. And yeah, he was tackled right away, but you can tell he didn't double clutch later in the game. It was like he didn't let it affect him at all. Um, the one play where I thought it was on him um, was that um, that comeback route to Marquise Goodwin on the, the far side of the field where the defender jumped it, got underneath it. I thought on the broadcast, I just assumed that oh, he was late, but he actually wasn't late. He got it out on time. He just didn't put it wide enough. The ball died on him a little bit. Yeah, so and it was I, to the wide side of the field, right? Yeah, yeah. And he just if he's going to try to throw those, he just has to put it out wider and, and put more on it tap into more of his um, mm -hmm. arm strength. Um, he, he got lucky on that one. Then there was the one floater in the end zone. I mean, yeah, he was just trying to throw the ball away. It was a heads-up play from the defender. But, you know, it would have been one of those plays where if they did intercept it, but I thought, well, that's really unfortunate. But I don't I don't know if I put that on Gino per se. No. Um, just, you know, be a little bit more conservative and then throw it further out of the end zone next time, I guess. Um, yeah. At the same time, though, aren't there uh, intentional grounding rules throwing through the end zone? Can it not be too far away? Or am I imagining that? Because I know Tom Brady got flagged for intentional grounding when he I mean, threw it seems out of the random, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can always yeah. argue there was a guy vaguely near the back of the end zone. Right, for sure. All in all, though, 20 for 27, a little over 200 yards, two touchdowns. Um, uh, clutch on third down, attacked downfield, and, and we'll talk, get into how they attacked downfield. Um, and then when it was time to, you know, take what the defense gave them, he did it in quick game, and then he did it in the, you know, the intermediate stuff. Um, protection held up for the most part, you know, only only two sacks. Um, and I think one of them came on, I think both of them came on third down. Yes. Um, so, so he's not, he's not setting the defense back on early downs at all. No. And he's taking the sacks in the pocket when he's not like, you know, scrambling around, he's trying to give the, the progression life. So, you know, um, yeah. So this game plan. Well, 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 before that, okay. on, a, on a wider point, the Seahawks offense in true drop back situations. So removing designed rollout, spikes, run pass option, read option passes, basic screens, running back or wide receiver passes, wide receiver reverse passes, double reverse passes, flea flickers, other. Um, so just true drop back situations. They're second in points and per play behind only the Chiefs. Uh, and literally 0 0.001 behind the Chiefs. And then in all passing plays, they are second in points earned per play ahead of the Chiefs and behind the Eagles. And obviously their, their uh, figure is boosted by Jalen Hurts' ability to uh, move around a bit more. But I think also the fact they're ahead of the Chiefs and that shows that, you know, Gino has mobility and an and, and ability to extend. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously Mahomes can do that, but I think, uh, yeah, Gino's probably done it a bit more this season. Yeah. Yeah, and it's cool watching him take off when he does because it's like very last resort, but then he's very decisive when he does it. He has a very clear plan, and I think that's him knowing pre-snap 
where the holes are in the coverage and he's like he has it in his back pocket like if i do take off here i know where i'm going and why like on one of that first third down i think or maybe the second one that third and one to mark where he dumps it off to marquis goodwin um he he goes to the, the the front side of the concept and it's like a designed no play action rollout right and he quickly realizes nothing materializes so he immediately he's like all right well we went four strong and their coverage is flooded. So I know that if I can get to my left, I've got, I've got the the crossing route coming back or I can convert on my legs and he could have converted with his legs. Right. He could have, he, yeah. he had Marquise Goodwin there and he picked up, I think an explosive, didn't he like 20 plus yards on it? Something close to that anyway. Was, um, um, Fant was kind of open over the middle, right? Sort of sitting down like, Oh, this is my shot. And, uh, it went elsewhere. But, um, it was it was again it was good process hold on i can uh i can share that there we go this is very exciting oh is matty is matty gonna mess up and share some details he doesn't want to share or is matty just gonna share what he wants to share matty's gonna Uh. dox himself (laughs) there you go that's the play you can see it good win wide open uh fant was open as well um you can see my mouse as well. There you go. I mean, must not press play, otherwise then we'll be demonetized and copyright strikes. This is what the picture looks like after he he starts scrambling, though, right? Yes. Well, he's just about to. You see, he's under pressure from Kyle Van Noy. Because I think, because of the fact that this is a rollout, he's thinking high-low on the corner. I've got Lockett on the corner. High-low on the, 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 the corner back. You've got Lockett on the corner route. And then is that Walker in the flat, right? Yeah. So he's thinking little quads. Yeah. And then you've got Marquise coming. And the I guess the Chargers don't pass him back correctly. No. Um Yeah, but it's like even when he does scramble, he knows what he's doing. You know, it, it, it's sure. cool to watch. I mean, he's 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 um struck a balance between creativity and decisiveness. It's very cool. Agreed. And overall, again, highest completion percentage in the NFL, but crucially with the 11th highest intended air yards per pass attempt. Yeah. Fourth he, highest on target percentage. And like, even if you break him down 20 plus yards, I mean, whatever yard bracket you want, like 16 plus yards, 20 plus yards, the, the 20 to 30 yard bracket, He's like top five in all of that, and some of them top one or two. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, but it's not. It's not out of left field. Like, like I've said this, we said this all last spring. You were first. You were first. It's okay. You were first. Um, I just but, didn't want you to cope too hard. I, I, I mean, I was I just swear, being a good friend. Okay. I, I was. I mean, even myself. I was talking myself down off the ledge the whole not no what's the opposite of that metaphor i was talking myself down from down from the ledge that's a bit dark um yeah because i was like well i don't know i'm not just going to take this information at face value that doesn't mean it's going to be one of the best deep ball throwers one of the best throwers in the intermediate but sure (laughs) enough he kind of is now right um but yeah like when he was at the jets like i think his 2014 year you can go google the uh the PFF QB is in focus where you can look at their completion percentages at different yard brackets because that data mm. isn't available anywhere else, at least publicly. And he's like 
top five in the 20 to 30 yard bracket in 2014 on the jets. Um, and it's like, well, he's always had this, like what we saw snippets of last year at the Seahawks when he was starting, he was accurate downfield. Sure. Even in the games where they didn't go downfield very much, I'm like, oh, he can make the throws. Okay. So I see what Pete's saying when he says he has all the throws mm. and you go find that Jets stat, you watch some Jets games and you're like, okay, that's something he has. That's in his holster. He 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 can throw the ball in those windows. Um, and sure enough, it's just when you put him onto a team that has a talented O-line and put him on a team with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, it's strength reinforcing strength. So um, in, on some level, this should have been predictable. And maybe internally they knew it was, you know. Well, it seems that way, right? quietly confident and i mean this is obviously one of the better case scenarios but you know they you know how optimistic pete carroll is i'm sure he saw this being how it was going to play out now he may have been one of the more optimistic guys in the building on it but yeah he's optimistic for the hell of it but yeah (laughs) just living on vibes uh so game plan obviously with dk metcalf going out and as I said yesterday, my source says he, he's expected to be out for two to four weeks, if not slightly longer. And that information obviously may have changed in like three days. But with Metcalf going out, the Titans became an even bigger part of the, the game plan. Disley played six, 76% of the snaps. Fant played 73% of the snaps. And then Colby Parkinson played 38% of the snaps. So that's, you know, within that you can envision a chunk of 13 personnel but also a lot of two tight end 12 personnel looks uh i mean that but that I, I don't think like the tight ends will continue to be an even bigger part of the, of the plan i found it interesting that uh p carroll on his espn monday show he mentioned the the condensing of formations when he was asked about the, the tight ends usage and how it's advantageous to kind of narrow the edge down and how the tight end thing is sort of Waldron's version of that. So rather than like condensed 11 personnel, like they like the Rams did, right? Mm-hmm. They just do it with tight ends and you just get different matchups, but still with like in 13 personnel, you know, a real cluster. And as we right. spoke about the full house stuff and how that kind of creates opportunities. And I guess... They they reserve that for the tight ends because obviously when you have tight ends, you're going to be condensed most of the time anyway. But when you do go 11 personnel and you've got receivers like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, you want to emphasize their, abel- their ability to stretch the field horizontally and vertically, right? So yeah, so it, it, you want to you want to stretch them out more. So, but obviously Shane Walger knows the benefits of condensing things down because like he said, it makes the blockers more available. And then if that makes the more guys be potential blockers, that makes the defense respond to blocks. And then thus that makes play action all the more effective, right? He, he can still get that, that element out of the 12 and 13 personnel, like you're saying. Um, in the, in the occasional, um, well, no, the full house stuff, like you said, um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's it's a good combination there. Um, and then within that personnel package, we saw a little bit more running this week than we've seen in past weeks. And again, that's also probably related to when DK went out because they came out pretty pass heavy in the in the first two drives. Um, 
Um, but they they really stressed those under center runs with Walker. Um, you know, part of that is the Chargers, you know, too high world. You want to punish them for that. But then when they do go one high, they do play a good deal of um, cover one. You still want to run enough when they when they load the box up so that they will continue to load the box up when they see under center so that those play actions will hit. And then when they did run their play actions, they were fairly successful off of under center. Um, but um, I think also the run game is just working. Yes. So, like they're just you ha- you can't go away from it when it's giving you that yardage. Um so, so there's there's that side of it too um yeah uh pat or maddie did you have anything else to say about the, the the that aspect of it the tight end usage the the under center run game well we can we can share uh to the point about you know the kind of spatial ability that uh that this allows them to to maximize and your point about horizontal leverage this was an early example where you had this look where Fan actually started over here and then he motioned or shifted. So he starts in the full house look, he shifted to a wing look to the right, which creates a one-on-one to the Metcalf. They then released everyone to the right with Metcalf on the left. So they basically put four strong, which is quite an unusual flow. Uh, the Chargers, who are obviously more of like a two-high team, um, they rotated down to the four strong look because it's very difficult to. It's a natural way of flooding the coverage, right? Of getting the right numbers uh-huh. to that. But you have to compensate by leaving a one on one backside. And Metcalf ran a slant and he's one on one and he gets a pass interference penalty. But like, there's a lot of space here that, um, that got him isolated. But uh, yeah. No, it's not going to work. But anyway, this linebacker basically the mid the the linebacker who would ordinarily have been underneath that was basically looking to the other side. So mm-hmm. very effective stuff. And yeah, I, I I suspect with Metcalf's absence that will continue. Right, that will only get grow, only only get larger. Agreed, and it will also provide an opportunity for you know, Fant to really, I mean, he got opportunities this game, didn't quite capitalize on all of them, mm. but it will give him an opportunity to really be a, a fixture downfield. And then of course, Goodwin flashed a lot this game. He, he could did. become a regular and then also Eskridge. Um, you know, he had a rough game, but like we said in the recap, not necessarily at the receiver aspects, but more so other things, but that's still, you know, those aren't good, you know, um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll see who steps up, who continues to step up. That'll be interesting. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe Will Disley's the guy to lean on, in all honesty. Maybe. I mean, you you can't use him in the same ways you'd use Fan, you know. Yeah, Fan got but, some like Fan got some athlete kind of uh opportunities in this game, it felt yeah. like, and he didn't quite capitalize on them. Yeah, yeah. I mean he like, looks good running a, the routes. And he does he, look really good. There's just like maybe it's just a chemistry thing with Gino, because like you know, wheel route up the sideline, not quite. Then Gino like yeah. rifles in that that kind of cover two uh, shot Bender. down the down the pipe where you kind he of like, didn't seem ready for it. Right, as though he was like not expecting the ball, which is a bit unusual given he's running that kind of bending seam route into right. the open space. And then he had that one over route 
And I mean, he 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 uh, attacked the ball in the air well enough. It's just his hands weren't stronger than the defender. The defender made a great, the safety made a great play breaking it up. But sure, that ball couldn't have been better though from Gino in very tight space. You, yeah. you 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 pause the play on the end zone angle when he releases that ball, and you look at where Fan is relative to the Mike Tranquil, and he's like a full two yards to the left of Tranquil, and by the time the ball hits Fan's hands, he's a full yard past him, and with the safety bearing down on him, it was just crazy. Um, anyway, so this game plan in the air, the passing game, the Best. general theme that I extracted was that wherever wherever whatever coverage the chargers were in seattle mm-hmm. was walder and gino they were very um explicit about their intention to attack the weak spots to get downfield like this wasn't a oh we're going to take what the defense gives us type of game although that was still present it was we're pushing the envelope we're going to go wherever the opportunities are downfield and we're going to take it like, cause those opportunities are super narrow, but they are there. And St- Brandon Staley knows that he knows, okay, if they go deep, this is how you do it. Right? right. It's just that Seattle did that and they succeeded, I'd say on the day. And even where they didn't quite succeed a hundred percent, their structure and process was still good. So like, um, yeah, just when they a were a lot of downfield, um, root concepts as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like when they're in quarters or to the quarter side of a combo coverage, um, it's like you've got the outside release fade or go, right? They they hit two of them to Marquis Goodwin for touchdowns. They nearly hit DK on the one where I think the one where he ended up getting hurt toward the um, end zone um, where he caught it but was pushed out of bounds just barely, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that's where you've got a one-on-one down the sideline in quarters. You know, it's they say it's too high. You're capping explosives. You are, but you're really capping explosives from the slot receiver or tight end, yeah. right? As far as the outside release goes on the outside, it might as well be cover one or cover three. It's the same same principle. So, um, and Gino, perfect placement on, on those for the most part. And then also in quarters, like they threw sale at him a couple of times. The one where Tyler drew DPI. You know, sale. You you run off the outside defender, and then you've got a leverage advantage on the slot defender, and it's like he's running into free space. Um, they didn't get a reception, but they got a penalty, and maybe it would have been a reception if the defender didn't um, kind of hook Tyler's hip there. So it's like that's awesome. Um, you know, against one high, like they had Fant on the wheel, um, and they didn't connect on it, but that's them like you know cover one Going or cover field. three yeah go wheel post wheel that's how you get there right cover two they're running benders like they're and they're gunning it you know cover one cover three the deep over to fan like they're, like they're going for it you know 